Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. It's 4 p.m. Stand up. It's count time. Time for every man and woman to stand up and be counted. Welcome to another edition of Pound Time Podcast. I am Brother L. Diazobra, formerly named Lyman White. Thank you for joining us today. Today we will be weighing in on this president bringing forward a strategic plan, a strategy that he's using to combat gun violence. That's a very good initiative, something that we truly need to be working on in light of all the violence going on all over this country. Senseless, senseless killing of so many. How many have we lost in the last six, seven months of gun violence? Where have we gotten to where we are such a violent generation of people all across the spectrum of this society? So many are afraid not even to walk out their home. Most people now with the coronavirus, you're afraid to walk out because of you were scared you're going to catch the coronavirus. Now you're scared to walk out because somebody might shoot you, someone might harm you. So where do we, how did we end up here? So how did our young people come to this place in their life where they wouldn't take a gun and not a, without a second thought and just take the life of another young man, old man, woman, child, they don't even care. So we need to find out what is the root cause of these things. For whatever reason, we all have created a violent society. This country, most communities, our children, they don't think twice about shooting, taking someone's life. Where did that, did that come from? How did that come about? So we have a long way to go and a lot to do. So we're holding our children accountable, but we have to be held accountable too. So what do we do as the elders of the community, as the leaders of the community, to correct all the wrongs that have been done, that we allowed to have been done under our watch, and make things better, prepare our things for our children. So with this new initiative, uh, President Biden is looking at taking the money from his former rescue plan of March. They said that's over $300 billion that's still available to be used. And with this amount of money, that can go to the local governments, state, local governments to help them combat gun violence. The money can be used for hiring more law enforcement. The money can be used for training, accountability measures for police officers. And a good thing about it, the money is also available for intervention programs, after-school programs, summer employment programs, although summer is almost over with now. But the money can be used for purposes like these. Money can also be used for re-entry programs, those who've been incarcerated, those who've formerly been incarcerated, those who are coming out of prison, you can have a re-entry program that can help train and develop these uh, people that has been locked up for many years and hopefully can train them 
prepare them for the workforce, not just slave labor, but some real jobs, jobs that can help take care of them and their family. Yes, there's a lot of money going to be out on the streets again. Do not let the money go to just to these major organizations, these major nonprofits who just take the money and pocket it. Don't give services. Let's give this money to small operations, little small businesses, organizations who already been making a difference, making an impact in their communities with no money. So if you give them money, how much or how big of an impact can they have? With billions of dollars available, let's give the money to those who give in the service, not those who just got the big names. We all tired of that for sure. That these large organizations get the money because they got all the right paperwork. They got the right name. They know all the right people. But the people who giving all the services, who doing all the work, get little none of the money. So let's, first of all, make sure that these organizations, that these people get the money who can make a difference. I remember years ago, I had an organization, a non-profit organization and a for-profit organization. We gave service in the the low income communities we gave it we gave a lot of good services matter of fact if you ask me i think it was one of the best program in this country by far we brought children from all over the community north south east west we brought them together to the same facility and gave them top notch services we gave them substance abuse mental health services but also, we gave them life skills. We gave them different kind of training. We challenged them to learn different things. We had a graphic design operation in there. Taught them how to design on a computer before it was even popular in the late in the late nineties, early twenty, early two thousand. We had a young man by the name of Alan who not just taught him how to use a computer, but how to take a computer down and put it back together. And once they was able to put it, take it down and put it back together, we gave them the computer. We had a culinary arts program, teaching them how to cook, just giving them different little life skills that they can use one day to get a job or start their own business. And most of these youth was the ones who was put out of school. As you know, in October, the 1st of October, probably all over the country, I know in Louisiana, the children that they do not participate well in the school system, after the 1st of October, they release them from the schools because that's the time, you gotta, that's how long you got to keep them to start get the full pay from these students. So they'll keep them until October the 1st, which they're wrong for that. They're using the students to make money and didn't get rid of them. But guess what? We had a, a place for them to come. And these students, these young men and women, 12, 13, 14, 15 years of age, came there religiously to get the services, to be a part of it. Because it, it was a safe haven for them to come, a place where they felt respected, loved. We had such a wonderful staff of men and women who gave top-notch service. I mean, I can't tell you the quality of people we had working there, from Miss Hamilton, Miss Boutte, Miss Elania, Miss Coss, causes. I believe we did the best job. But unfortunately, one day the feds showed up and that was the last day of that program. So we believe now 
are we hoping now that the feds want to invest in the students, in the community, in the children to make a difference, not to be using them just to make money, as we consistently see. That's how it's been for many years. But we have to come together to resolve this and decide how do we impact our students? How do we utilize this, these resources? How do we help to make our community better? What can we do to make a difference? How can we impact the community? First of all, I would suggest let's get these preachers involved. There's a church on every corner in every community in the inner city. We all already know this. We don't even have to do no research. We don't have to Google this. There's a church on every corner. Let's just say every church decide to open up one day a week, not for, not for no Bible study, not for no giveaway, but just once a week, we ask every church in the community to open up to give services to our youth. You can, one church can do a graphic design program. Another church can do culinary art, just like we did. Another church can do computer training. Another church can do, teach them how to write apps. Another church can teach them how to play an organ, a guitar. It don't matter what you do, as long as you're doing something that going interest the youth, teach them a skill, a skill set that they can use one day, keep them engaged. What impact you think that would have? If every church, just once a week, that's how we ask every church, just once a week to open up. You, one, one church will open up on a Monday, another one do a Tuesday, another one do a Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and a Saturday. We ain't asking up too much of you, taking up too much of your time, because the churches, you are our brother's keeper. That is the purpose why we thought the church exists, for the community, for the youth, for the elders, for the elderly. So let's church, let's take the responsibilities and come together to serve, no longer to be served. That is not much. And no, nobody have to pay you for that. As you say, God will provide. And he will, if you give of yourself or from your heart. So let's that, let that be one of the first initiatives that we all come together. Uh, we hold these churches accountable and responsible. And also, let them hold us accountable and responsible. It's time that we all take, on, take responsibility for our actions. Now, yes, there are, some, there are many churches I know who are putting in work, who have programs, who have things going on for the youth. So we need to make sure that we get these people involved first because they're already doing it. And then we hold the other preachers accountable. Yes, I'm saying the preacher because it's time out that we give them all these preachers, these free pass that they're not being responsible, accountable to their community. Somebody to hold y'all accountable. Yeah, if you didn't do, if you come on board, do the right thing. Yeah, there might be some money available. But don't come with your hand out looking for money. Just look to give service, give help. Give support to your children, to your community. We all can do it. We all need to combat gun violence. So President Biden is creating an initiative, a plan. He will combat gun violence. And we know what combat means. It's an engagement or a battle between two or more people. So where is the battle at this time? Where are the battle line being drawn at? How do you combat gun violence? Well, that's a very strong term. 
combat. As by him being the commander in chief, these are the terms that he must use in order to make his statement. Because he's the commander in chief of the United States Armed Forces. So they would do the so the so United States would be combating gun violence. They're gonna start out in four, five cities. How do you combat it when the whole system, every time you turn around, it's like promoting violence? The president initiative is to combat gun violence. You're looking at doing that in several different ways. One of the biggest initiatives is to go after the gun dealers to take their license, to shut them down. And that's a good thing. If they are selling guns to criminals, in which we do, it's a good chance they are, they need to be shut down. But don't shut it down to take people's Second Amendment rights away, the right to bear arms. Uh, we, you do it for the purpose, because there are some illegal activities, actions, that are transpiring that need to be taken charge of. So we're hoping that through these initiatives uh, combating gun violence, that it end up being a positive thing, not like in the 1994 crime bill that, that helped to, I wouldn't say create mass incarceration, but it helped to make it worse. So we hope that this new initiative pushed by President Biden we hope that the police department don't do what they've done back in 1994 and 95. Back then, the Baton Rouge Police Department and many other police departments, they attempt to use military strategies. Many went out and bought army tanks. Even in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, they went and bought an army tank. Why in the world would you need an army tank in a community? And the tank was basically only used to knock down the front doors of many houses when they was arresting these low-level dealers who was mainly just crackheads themselves. There's a lot of money going to be floating around here. And no, it don't need to go to the policemen that's getting bigger guns. Yeah, we need to hire more policemen because we do know if there's a problem, problem in the community, we call the police. So if you plan on calling them, yes, we need to make sure that they're prepared, they're ready. But we don't need to get bigger and better guns. That ain't the issue. And I believe Baton Rouge got one of the best police chiefs there is, Chief Murphy Paul. I had the pleasure of meeting him on several occasions. And he's a man of his word, a man of integrity, and a man who cares about his community. And a hardworking man who take a stand for what he believed in. And I truly believe he believed in truth. So you got people like, like Chief Paul, who went before the president last week himself. Got a good constable, Miss Williams. Got a wonderful sheriff, Sid Gotro. So we got a lot of good quality people, law enforcement around. Let's figure out how we all can work with them. We all can work together to resolve the problems in our communities. These are our children. Yes, there's mass shooting going on all over the country. That needs to be corrected. There's so many problems going on. There's problems every angle, every way you look. But we got to start somewhere to start helping ourselves in order to help our children. There's enough money floating around to resolve most of our problems. If the money is accountable and issued to the right people. No, not the same people. 
who just doing the same thing, nothing. Let's give it to the people who doing the work. There's many I know who doing the work. Yes, we do know there's a whole lot of senseless, senseless killing going on all over this country at this time. Many, many young men and women are dying. Even children are dying at the hands of all the gun violence that's going on. And it's affecting a whole lot of people, all of the communities, everybody being affected. Is getting bigger guns going to resolve that? Or do we all have to come together? Yes, I would suggest that we all come together, the community come together, and figure out together how to resolve, how to combat gun violence. Not creating a combat, because we won't see others die over this. We don't need Joe Biden to do it. We don't need Bernie Sanders to do it. We don't need the governor to do it. We don't need the mayor to do it. If we all come together, we can do it ourselves. And these people will come to work with us. Our children need us. Our community need us. But we need to come together. The community needs to come together and figure out how do we make a difference. Those who are concerned, those who have a vested interest, those who want to see the right thing happen, not just to lock the, lock the people up, not just to throw away the keys, but help to develop, create a better society for our children to have, to live in. And always remember this here. Man can shackle the hand. Man can shackle the feet. But only you can shackle the mind. The mind is always free to travel wherever you dare to take it. And I'd like to thank you for tuning in once again to Count Time Podcast. I'm Brother L. Diazobra. Thank you once again. Remember, it's 4 p.m. Stand up. It's count time. Time for every man and woman to stand up and be counted.